you know, people may or may not know, but Chairman Amalia Shetela of the African People's Socialist Party, the leader of the Hur movement, came to St. Louis after the police murder of Mike Brown. Yes. And his intent was to unite with the, you know, resistance of the community and then to even take it further beyond protests, even though, of course, he was here to protest. You're listening to Reparations in Action here on Black Power 96.3. Reparations now! You're listening to the White Lies Shattered podcast and FM radio show. My name is Brendan McCoy, and today I am hosting White Lies Shattered, which broadcasts weekly on Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. White Lies Shattered, also known as Reparations in Action, is a program of white solidarity with black power. Currently, we are in a podcast series exposing the insidious lies we learn as white or European people about the nature and origin of America and the current social system. We believe reparations to African people is the key question of our times and is one that demands action on the part of European or white people. I'd like to start by saluting Chairman Amalia Shetela and the African People's Socialist Party for leading the African Revolution and developing the theory of African internationalism and the understanding of the colonial mode of production. African internationalism is the theory and worldview of the African working class that guides the struggle for African liberation and which we credit for all of the understandings and analysis provided on this podcast. As always, we'd like to salute Black Power 96, where this show is aired and recorded for our podcast weekly. Black Power 96 is not just explaining the world, but changing it. You can get the app for Black Power 96 on Google Play or the Apple App Store and listen wherever you are located. Today's episode is part one of a two-part series on the 2023 Uhuru Solidarity Movement Convention. We'll talk about the Black Power Blueprint tour that took place the second day of the convention and learn more about the Black Power Blueprint. We'll hear a clip from the tour, as well as testimonials from people seeing these institutions for the first time. Afterwards, we'll be speaking with longtime APSC member Kitty Riley, who works directly under the APEDF board president, Onis Ine Yeshitela, on the Black Power Blueprint and the continued progress of APEDF's institutions. Now, here's a clip from the convention's tour featuring Jamie Simpson and some comrades seeing the Black Power Blueprint for the first time. All right, Uhura, so we're here on the tour of the Black Power Blueprint with some participants, including but not limited to USM Chair Jesse Neville. So, all right, comrades, can you tell me what you just saw? So we just saw, we just went on a walking tour around St. Louis and... Um, the north side, right? Uh-huh. Um, and we saw some housing that was built that's just an absolutely beautiful piece of housing, um, fully furnished. Um, it just looked, it looked amazing. Um, like uh, Deputy Ona was saying, only the best. And it, it really was just great. And this is housing that they built from scratch in the middle of a, a city that that is deprived of resources that just looks like a bomb was dropped here. And you have this beautiful housing that's going to be for African people when they cut. So we're on the bus. We're on a tour. Everyone okay. yeah. on the bus, you're hearing the sounds yeah. of an Uhuru tour. Let's do it. All right. So yeah. rolling right now? I'm rolling right now. Oh, yeah. So we're here on the school bus going on the tour. Um, the housing was just, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, it's going to be housing for, African men and women, when they when they come out of um, jail, 
So that's really meaningful. And we saw the, you know, in the middle of the city, they, they built a basketball court. Yeah. It was, I've never seen a basketball court that beautiful. That's a bump in the road there. We're still on the school bus. Um, the basketball court is like some sort of high tech new way that they're building the basketball courts. Um, I've never even seen a floor like that, but it's just a gorgeous basketball court, red, black, and green with a giant flag over it. It's a real sight. Oh, and I just wanted to add, Jamie was saying that, you know, you, you can't even do justice with pictures. It's something you have to see. And, and I added that I was actually here for a tour, uh, saw some other things a few months ago, and I saw the farmer's market. It was just another thing that you, 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 you can't do justice with pictures. I mean, there was tons of people. The whole community came out. There was kids, you know, everyone was dancing and having fun. And it was around Halloween, so people were out in costumes, and it was just thriving. Uh, yeah, so now we're on the bus going to our next destination. We'll see what that holds. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Sean. What was the term they used again, comrades? Let it rot. And what is that? It was essentially the policy of the city of St. Louis that was developed in something called the Team 4 plan in the early 70s. And it was to deliberately um, deny resources or, or any development to the African community on the north side to allow the conditions to deteriorate so that property values would go down and it would be able to it would make it easier for big developers to come in and you know and it would become depopulated of, of the african community and predatory white real estate developers so that's basically why we're seeing so many like abandoned things and stuff like that yeah can, can, can you say a little more like describe what you're seeing in st louis that we've seen on the, on the north side it's just i mean there's so many countless buildings that you know are just boarded up or the windows are smashed in and there's trash going all over the place and the city's being completely ignored by you know like the government um and it just when they say it looks like a bomb went off um you might think to yourself oh well that might sound like an exaggeration but when i was walking around certain areas it did look like a bomb went off the buildings are literally rubble right. yeah. in some areas a lot of it so it's um and you know it's just scary to think too or not it's disgusting to think that they have all of these empty buildings and meanwhile there's all these homeless people too and they're all boarded up to keep people out um you know it's just uh it's capitalism and we're seeing it now but that's why we're on this tour because they're trying to to build and do reparations and undo the process or by the yeah so i'm here with the, the mccoy family is that right all right can you say it just you know briefly who, who you are and your thoughts of this tour uh, I'm Ann Myers. I'm uh, Brendan McCoy's mom, and uh, we're on the tour, and it is absolutely amazing uh, what this what they're doing here for everyone, just for the community, for those um, who are leaving the jail system and and coming back to some place that'll be a home instead of just just a room yeah. to help them have some self-respect and, and be motivated to get back into the community. Right on. Wow. Caleb? Yeah. yeah. Impressions? Uh, Caleb McCoy. Uh, the tour is neat because it really shows uh, 
that it's not just a movement waiting on government to put systems in place, but there's actually money going into putting systems in place so that people can, you know, generate their own wealth and um, create their own success versus here's the things you need just to survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Do do you want to say anything, Carol? I would just like, I just hope this generates more people to Uh come in here by themselves and, you know, and uh, buy something and create something for themselves. And it would just mushroom with, with the homes that they're, you know, generating and making them look better. And I just hope other families just see the potential of having more people, just private people come in and uh, do that for the community. Yeah, I think it will. All right. I hope so. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. That was a clip from the 2023 USM convention tour of the Black Power Blueprint. And joining me now is Kitty Riley, longtime member of APSC, who works directly under APEDF, uh, president, board president, Ona Zene Yeshitela. Uhuru Kitty, listening to that clip uh, and looking back on that day, that was, that was really an incredible tour. And uh, I think it had quite the effect on, on everyone who, who saw the Black Power Blueprint for the first time. Her Brendan, really, really happy to be here. I listened to the podcast, Reparations in Action, oh. and really enjoy it. I'm honored to be here today. Excellent. So, uh, so first question, um, could you explain uh, how you got involved in the work here in St. Louis? Like, what was your first impression when you, when you saw North St. Louis? And then, um, and then also your role working directly under APDF board president, Onis Inei Ishitela. Can you Can you talk a little bit about what that entails? Yes. Well, I... I have the honor, as you said, of working under the board president, Ona Zanea Shetela. Absolutely. The champion, you know, leader in the whole struggle, you know, of the African community for self-determination, to political and economic power. And that's what she is building here in St. Louis. And I am, you know, I do have the honor of serving on the board of APDF, so have been mm-hmm. involved in APDF institutions, you know, in programs for a number of years. Right. So, you know, you know, people may or may not know, but Chairman Amalia Shetela of the African People's Socialist Party, the leader of the her movement, came to St. Louis after the police murder of Mike Brown. Yes. And his intent was to unite with the, you know, resistance of the community and then to even take it further beyond protests, even though, of course, he was here to protest. Yes, absolutely. And, but to take it beyond protests, to give to give the community the ability to organize for political power. So that kind of, you know, jump-started the whole movement, her movement being in St. Louis. In 2017, Ona Shetela came to identify a building for an Uhuru house in Aquaba Hall, you know, office space for APDF, and also, you know, a community center you know, which is a Quabba Hall. And you right. see that in Oakland, California, and you see that in St. Petersburg, Florida. And when she arrived, she identified a building that had been vacant and abandoned for 20, 30 years and, and said, this is it. This is where we're going to be. And all the new members of the movement since 2014 were saying, oh, no, this is this is <laughs> devastating part of the community. You know, we, we move out when we can. You know right. what I mean? There's nothing here. It has been depleted by what, what Amalia Chatella was summing up as a team, consciously by the Team 4 plan to 
all resources exploited, pulled out of this area to, you know, to build up the white community. Yeah. South of the Del infamous Delmore divide. Right. And, yeah. you know, so coming here. So, you know, she asked me to come to come here, you know, because for a few weeks, you know, a few weeks to get things going, to be able to secure and renovate this building, mm -hmm. the new Uhuru house. And that's really how it started. But it, the vision was there and the opportunity was there and the feeling that it had to be done. That was Ona Zanae's commitment. I can't leave here right now. I can't leave here. This is the most devastating, you know, situation she had seen, you know, for the African community. Right. And I think that's such a incredibly powerful and important decision that she made picking that spot just right in the center of, of the most economically depressed sector of St. Louis yes. Yes. and, and just, and just changing it as, as we've seen. And, uh, and we'll actually go a little into that now. I think, um, I think it's incredibly important, uh, for people to understand that like this movement, it doesn't slow down. The Uhuru movement does not stop. So can you can you talk about uh, what has been accomplished with the Black Power Black Power Blueprint uh, since this tour uh, back in March? Well, sometimes it's hard to believe so much has been accomplished. <laughs> the tour was in March, yeah, and uh, we had been working towards the goal of completing the Spring Explosion 2.0 Mix 2023 mm -hmm. that was coined by owners today, and. Um, we got right to it. I mean, we pressed forward, even though the movement, you know, was really under attack from the year prior of the February yeah. 29th attack on Chairman Amalia Shetela, the African People's Socialist Party, and the whole Uhuru movement. And we only, it only renewed our, everyone's commitment. Right. And we escalated our plans and our goals. And on April 15th, we launched the fourth year planting of the Black Power Gary Brooks Community Garden in the beautiful outdoor venue space. And we actually had 52 volunteers, even if one person was volunteering from another state that was doing certain, uh, you know, social media, but there were 52 volunteers to launch the fourth year. This is a community where there is no access to food. If you are working at the Euros and you do not bring food with you every day to eat for lunch. You've got to do a major travel in order to get something to eat for lunch, right. maybe to get a sandwich or a burrito or anything. Yeah, there's nothing up there's there. There's nothing up there, absolutely nothing. So, you know, this is profound to have a garden, you know, yeah. and, and it is tied to the One African, One Nation market, which means that when the food is harvested, it goes right to the market and then is distributed to the community in that process. And I was up there the other day and, and they're just, I saw, you know, a, a few people just with a little roadside stand, just giving away yes. fresh produce. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. They just, do that. And day of market, it's there at the market. Yeah. So it's really, really powerful. And, um, so that was April 15th and these, and the volunteers, you know, they come from the student base from like Washington university or St. Louis right. slew. St. Louis University, or from youth groups that are steady all the time. They want to know what days they can bring 15 youth, and the counselors come and they jump in. Oh, that's so awesome. There were people from USM, from the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement, from the community, from the staff of APDF. I mean, it was just a really incredible day. 
So, yeah. So after that, um, the next was, you know, in like 10 days or so, April 29th was the name reveal of the outdoor venue. Yes. It was named Karibu and the sign was revealed and Karibu means welcome in Swahili. Similar to a Quaba Hall is welcome in tree. So, you know, welcome. You, and you know, get so that really feeling nice. when you're there. Yeah. Like every, everybody's just welcoming. I and, know. You know. It was a beautiful community event. Beautiful and cultural workers from the community. You know, it's just really lovely. Excellent. So that was April 29th. And then um, our next, you know, big thing was the grand opening of the Black Power Vanguard's basketball court. And that was the cherry on the top. Yeah, that that was an incredible event. I, I was there and just blown away. Like I, I've seen, you know, all the progress building it and getting ready for it, and then, and then just the masses of people that came out to see this, yes. and and the whole the whole process of the just everything going on, all the the whole program of the event was incredible. You talk a little yes. bit about, about the program. And- yes, yes. And, you know, I do also want to just let the listeners know that we, you know, I can really brag about all this, <laughs> but you have no idea the opposition to yeah. this, to the Black Power Blueprint, because the whole goal, it is an anti-colonial project. It does say the people can do it. You know, it, it, it's part of the whole overall picture of the Uhura movement to bring political and economic power to the African working class. Yes. And this is the class that's always exploited, always, you know, for the benefit of colonialism, the colonial economy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they tie us into that economy in a way that we hate and we despise. We don't want to be beneficiaries of that kind of economy. So, but, you know, every, every brick, every inch was really fought for. And we had, we had, you know, all previous older people say, you will never build a basketball court here. Yeah. You will never build this. And we had a legal right to do it, actually. You yeah. know, we were zoned to do it. And we just kept moving and kept moving and kept moving. And, and also it was a funding. The funding is never, you know, it's, it right. brings the people in. People were donating from all over the city, the county, from the country. A real people community funding. And we raised, that was a two and a half year project. Yeah. And then it was, you know, completed. It was, you know, the board president, you know, has just is so creative and, and has a beautiful eye. And we rebuilt a retaining wall and did the second mural. Oh, After yeah. doing the mural overlooking the garden. The mural's incredible. And the mural is so inspiring and beautiful. And, you know, we had sport court do it and they they did it with this material mm-hmm. that Steph Curry used when he built one in East Oakland. Right. Yeah. And that Kevin Durant used when he built one where he grew up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And the whole theme has always been only the best for the African working class. Right. People might have thought there would just be a slab of concrete and a couple of hoops. No, <laughs> it was a slab of concrete built on a lot first we had to tear down buildings. That yeah. were on that lot that had also been left to decay and was actually falling apart. Right, a danger Besides to the, the community. Just we being had there. to move fast. Yeah, and then to build this beautiful court to see the reception from the community. 
yeah. to go by drive by every day and see people out enjoying themselves on the court. I've heard it's been busy nonstop I since know. it opened. It's really, 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 you know, incredible because this is an area, like you said, it's depleted of anything yeah. that represents community. And even to have recreation, to be able to have fun, to be able to develop these skills that one can get on the court. Yeah. I mean, you know. And, and the community's really taken over, building programs and yeah. It's so, yeah. so incredible because it is, it is the community's court. So. And there's one more thing. Yes. That's happened is part of the whole project has been also trying to acquire properties mm -hmm. and to acquire them, you know, in the most economical way, but also in a way that transforms the community. Right. So, you know, there are properties that have been acquired that have funding drives to build like the African Uhuru Wakalia African Women's Health Center, to build an economic development retail center out of shipping containers. Yeah. You know, we right. have the signs up coming soon, the same way we have the basketball sign. Right. And, um, but also we did acquire more properties um, at the, uh, you know, from tax sale or from mm -hmm. the Land Reutilization Authority, the LRA. Which largest? It's the largest landowner land in yeah. St. Louis and part of the Team 4 plan, mm -hmm. you know, where the city would own a lot of land and hold on to it, let it, let it decay yeah. till they have developers for, for what's in their interest. And so we did acquire um, properties, APDF. So along West Florissant and in the, in the neighborhood and in the area of the future, Herjiko Commercial Kitchen yes. and Cafe. And in West Florissant, that's really kind of the heart of, of the Black Power Blueprint. So much is, is centered around there. And that just, yeah. it cuts right through this yeah. economically depressed sector. And it's really uh, an incredible vision that the I board know. president has. And, and <clears throat> President Onazene, you know, she navigated the complex application process. And, you know, it's not available for the average person yeah. you know we have the benefit of a nonprofit that has a lot of experience and so this then becomes in the hands of the african working class community right and so, even that that has been a struggle as well yeah and and you mentioned earlier some of the attacks that that the movement has had has endured and uh i don't know if people really understand how how broad these attacks have been <laughs> Um, including financial attacks on APEDF. Uh, can you kind of give the listeners an idea of of some of these attacks, like um, what they've what they've had to contend with, and how APEDF has been just still so productive and and still able to get just so much accomplished? Well, as you say, you know. <clears throat> They have been attacks, and they and they have been, you know, struggled against. Right. But you know, the Pinellas County Commission mm -hmm. in St. Petersburg, Florida, where APDF has been, was the original, you know, birth place right. of APDF. You know, they rescinded a thirty-six thousand dollar grant that had been awarded, legally awarded. We were the choice of the grantor. Right. It's only. It's only a. a just sort of a procedure that happens that the grantors, you know, put it before the Pinellas County Commission and they voted against it. They rescinded it. They pulled it. Just and despicable. I know. And that 
grant was for Black Power 96, right. right? Low Power FM radio station. Yes. And that grant was for equipment that would actually improve the ability of the manager of Black Power 96, DJ Eddie Maltzby, who, as he characterizes, the best blind DJ in the country. Oh, absolutely. He absolutely, absolutely. is. <laughs> and it was equipment that would be more ADA friendly. Right. That would adapt his ability to better manage the station. That's what right. they pulled. Yeah. And then they also uh, removed APTF's application, second application, which had already gone through certain levels of approvals right up there to be accepted. Mm -hmm. for $60,000 for a generator for Black Power 96 in the Uhura House. Right. And the Uhura House has always been extended by APTF to the community for hurricanes. This is the place to come. It's a big, sturdy uh, cinder block building. Right. You know what I mean? That generator to keep the radio station going where people and, keep news. Yeah, community resources. I know. It's absolutely. Just... The way to communicate with the black community is Black yeah. Power 96. Right. So they, they pulled that. And uh, and then it then it went a little bit further where the the uh, LRA had already granted our application for three properties, mm -hmm. and uh, they and then the head of the SLDC said that they were going to pull it. And that's that's here in St. That's Louis. That's here in St. Yeah. Louis. They were going to put it before the commission, who overwhelmingly voted for it. For it, we have a track record. We have the ability to to build, you know, to build on these properties. We've proven it. Matter right. of fact, two weeks prior to that, we were being told that the marketing firm of St. Louis Development Corporation would be getting in touch with APDF. They were going to showcase us as a, a what a small organization can do with these elevated properties. Perfect they example. They were completely blown away when they came on a tour, you know, yeah. six months prior to see what had been transformed from absolute rubble yeah you know to incredible programs for the community yeah so that and and so you know the board president said you know there's you can't you know you can't do that We've got a lawyer you know we're not part of uh this you know original attack you know by you know the fbi on right. african people's socialist party and chairman amalia Shatella and the uhuru movement and there's no one under indictment. Yeah, separate organization. No, no. What What are you talking about? This is yeah. so you know. Got a lawyer press conference, and then of course he understood, and his bosses understood what a grave error that was. Right. So they rescinded it completely. They said we made an error, and yes, you have earned the right to have these properties to develop. You know, another win. It was another win. <laughs> another win. Totally. Uhuru. Uhuru. Okay. And then, um, so going forward, uh, what campaigns is APEDF currently working on and, uh, and what, what's coming up? What's next? Well, you know, they're just working on some of the most, you know, significant, you know, programs, mm -hmm. you know, one is the grants. We yeah. continue to, um, you know, apply for grants. It's quite a process. It's quite a process. But, you know, when, after George Floyd was murdered, you know, so that we all watched over right. and over and over again, you know, on social media right. and news, 
a lot of granting agencies had to look at, well, what do we always fund and what do we not fund? Take a look at themselves. I know. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we have had a tremendous time with a grant for the farmer's market. That mm -hmm. has been tremendous, you know, and gotten other smaller grants. But, you know, we, we have a track record. We absolutely apply for larger grants. And so that is still, you know, a process because we are self-funded, right. you know, nonprofit. But, you know, these are resources that are made available, right. you know, to other nonprofits. And so we continue, you know, that, that program is our, our grants committee. And also under the leadership of Omisanea Shatella, we are working on the African Independence Workforce Program. Okay. Which is really a profound program, and, and it's almost completed, like within a week or two. And we do have some interested funders. Yeah. And that program will be to is a training program for people who have African people, and you know others who have been, you know, in the colonial prisons, and you know, right. you know, past two generations, they practically I mean, locked up every single young black man. Absolutely. And women, you know, African Political women. prisoners. I know. And so this is fabulous. Yeah. And we have the, the uh, workforce program housing mm -hmm. that was spoken of, beautiful housing that was furnished by furniture from APEDF, so Huru Furniture in Philly. They're a truck. absolutely beautiful. Yes. The yes. Real home to come to. Oh, yeah. And there'll be different you know, different abilities for training programs in, in all areas that we have in APEDF. Culinary arts, furniture moving, uh, leadership, a whole leadership training program, uh, a program to move up to management. So uh, this is this is a real program this is, to integrate people back absolutely. in society, not like a absolutely. halfway house, which if you've ever seen one, it is heartbreaking and... Uh, a lot of times they they don't have anything inside and, and these these homes are they're better furnished than than my house just they're incredible right and so, just to think it's good quality used furniture yeah absolutely furniture. <laughs> if you live in oakland grand yes. avenue or philly broad street go check it out roof furniture and collectibles <laughs> and each apartment has a piece of enzo furniture african design they're so order. beautiful it's so beautiful and that's another line that was you know the brainchild of the boy president yes honestly and it's just beautiful yeah so yeah and it's also it's it builds up the 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 community as a collective it's not just here we've solved your individual problem it brings people back into the community with yeah. skills and goals to build up a whole collective right you know of the community so you know that that is another really fantastic thing. And, you know, we still are funding. We're funding. We have funding towards, I think, 210 or 20,000 towards the Uhuru Kalita African Women's Health Clinic mm -hmm. Center. And we also have funds that have been donated, reserved for building Uhuru Jiko Community right. Kitchen and Cafe. And we have the architectural plans. We have the designs from a very well-known um, you know, owner of San Francisco Baking Company, you know, just to the whole layout of the building. And uh, it's such a neat building. And secured the building. 
Yeah. And can you go a little more into the, the Uhuru Wakalia African Women's Health Center? What, what, uh, what all is going to be, what services and. Uh, yes. Well, 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 you know that on July 29th was the launch of the uh, APGF training of 14 African women as doulas. Right. Because that was a big day. That was a really <laughs> big day. And to think that the training went on. Yeah. Yeah, did in the not face of... stop the training at nope. all. It was not only a three-day training by professional doula trainers, um, also because it has to address. Because the thing with APDF is the, it's creating programs that have to address every aspect of life affecting right. the black community. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can do one thing. You know, okay, food. You know, what about jobs and economy and economics? Right. You know, you know what about health and the maternal death rate for Black women in St. Louis is three point three times higher than for white women. Oh, that's, that's you know, and this and people this is women that are have postgraduate degrees, right? To whatever it doesn't it's matter. It doesn't matter, you know. And also, enough babies die in the first year of life to fill 15 kindergartens and that's just here in, in st louis the majority are black babies that's, that's genocide yeah that's genocide this absolutely can be solved and the doula program is part of it and also the profound stress that african women and the whole community suffer right. from this and so the the goal from you know onazane and her the team who created the Uhuru Wakalia program. The goal is to have a place for African women, you know, where there would be yoni steaming, which is a health practice that is long in the African community and certainly has been taken up by white women and it's over the county now, you know. But yoni steaming, with all natural herbs, they would be selling different herbs, medicinal herbs. And also, you know, have some place for the children while the women are able to do that. They would, could get doula services there, you know, have rooms where they could be meeting with the doulas. They can have, uh, you know, what they call, you know, different yoga practices or stress related. They will be also, they have an economic component to keep the center going, which mm-hmm. will be selling beautifully designed, um, not only herbs, but beautifully designed, you know, baby carrying Right, the I saw some of you those. Know, African the, design baby carrying. Yeah, the the telephone they. Yours. Yeah, they those look so neat. You know the little hats so you put the baby in, to take them home from the <laughs> yeah. hospital, diaper beds, you know mm-hmm. things things of that nature. You know, promoting beauty, African culture, and and stress. They'll have an annual girls' day out, you know, and be doing programs for young girls coming up. Really addresses uh, a lot of different aspects of health. Yes, so. absolutely. That's that's incredible, and and we know it will be funded, and it will will get built. And yes, I'm really yes, looking forward yes. to that. It has tremendous support. Yeah, tremendous donors from the county of St. Louis. Yes, mm-hmm. wonderful people from neighbors, community holding house events, even follow up house events. Right. That really have no relationship. As a matter of fact, many of them, of course, grew up their whole life here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about communities that are 20 minutes drive. Right. That yeah. have never, ever been to North St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when you it's, think about it, what was there to go there for? Was there exactly. a movie theater there? Was there a 
ice skating rink? Were there some, was there an Ikea there? Was there <laughs> anything that you would go for? Not that I, not that know, I can yeah. remember since I've been here. Yeah. So not until now. So, okay. Um, well, thank you so much, Kitty. Uh, before we, before we finish up, can you, uh, can you tell everyone, uh, what, what can people do to support the black power blueprint? Well, one is you certainly, if you live in St. Louis or if you want to come to St. Louis, we'll give you a tour. Absolutely. Come and out and see it. I know. And they, uh, there's going to be a dedication mm-hmm. for the fourplex, four apartment housing. Okay. For the African Independence Workforce Program, and that's going to be August 19th. Okay. The first day of the Black is Back Coalition. Excellent. Peace, yeah. Social justice and reparations. That's going Absolutely. to be held in St. Louis. <laughs> so that's going to be, you know, and if you, I really, you know, welcome everyone to get the new book that just came out of print. The verdict is in reparations now. And this is the 40th anniversary edition of the report from the 1982 World Tribunal on Reparations for African People with additional testimonies. This also has Chairman Amalia Chatella played the role of the people's advocate. It used international law. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and it put the it put the U.S. on trial for right. genocide according to international law. You know, and had you know uh, judges from representing oppressed peoples mm-hmm. and the North American you know population, and it's got testimony in here that is extraordinary and very very important to read as well. And right. one is from Mafundi Lake, who was really a political prisoner for thirty eight years of his life. Yeah. having been put in prison at age 17 in the South, Alabama, Atmore, and Holman prisons, some right. of the worst in the Terrible. country, you know, and just railroaded into prison and then just kept in and out, in and out, yeah. you know, his whole life. Mufundi Lake, he formed Inmates for Action. He right. organized Still politically inside the prison. So That's this cool. is an excellent book. You can get at burningspearmedia.org. Um, and then, and then for supporting like the black power blueprint, is there a website, um, donate, um, and volunteer. Yes. So. Thank you so much, Brendan. So, so go to blackpowerblueprint.org and you can donate, absolutely yeah. donate, donate. This is someplace we can <clears throat> see brick by brick everywhere your donation money goes. Yeah. And also you can sign up, you can sign up to volunteer. On the website, blackpowerblueprint.org. Mm-hmm. And you can call 314-380-8016. There are many, many volunteer opportunities. Excellent. Okay. We're going to be building a basketball program with people from the community. Yes. Yeah. second meeting next that. week. <laughs> That's so exciting. So, okay. Well, this has been incredible. Thank you so much, Kitty. Um, yeah. Do you have any any other words for the for the listeners or? Yes, so. I just want to absolutely salute Chairman Amalia Shetela, mm-hmm. founder and leader of the Uhuru Movement, who has courageously, courageously, you know, developed the worldview that allows us to see the world from the point yes. of view of the slave and not the master. African internationalism. African internationalism, yes. and also that. For us to see our that we're in a social system that can be changed. Yes, we're born into it. It has us hooked into colonialism, 
that we're in a parasitic way, that we're the recipients of the oppression of African and all colonized people right. that we don't want to be a part of. We actually can extract from that through reparations, through, you know, volunteering with all and any of the nonprofits of the Uhuru movement and the, you know, nonprofit institutions to come and join the Black Power Blueprint. And also I want to give a profound salute to Onis Anaya Shetela, you know, who, who is, who is a, international leader in her own right and who also is the president of African People's Education and Defense Fund and has made profound history putting like dual power contending power in 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 this city you know in a way that inspires black people all over the world so we invite you to come and do a tour yes yeah come see it in person so thank you so much kitty um, thank everybody for listening. Um, Uhuru. Uhuru. Thank you, Brendan. Uhuru. This has been an episode of Reparations in Action, a biased podcast of white solidarity with black power. My name is Jamie Simpson. We'd like to thank our team of volunteers. Our sound engineer is Aaron Loss, who also composes our theme music. Our research coordinator is Alex Pletcher. Reparations in Action is produced by Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, and Lisa Watson from the Black Power 96 studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. A shout out to Burning Spear media director Akile Anayi, as well as Black Power 96, WBPULP St. Petersburg, and the station manager, Mr. Eddie Maltzby. If you like what you've heard today, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or if you would like to join our volunteer team, you can email us at ria at blackpower96.org. That's ria at blackpower96.org. A special thanks to Chairman Omalia Shatella and the African People's Socialist Party, without whose relentless leadership and theory of African internationalism, None of the understandings presented on reparations in action would be possible.